no distance of place or lapse of time can lessen the friendships of those who are thoroughly persuaded of each other's worth. Robert Southey. Bending Not Breaking, Season 3, Episode 19, Sozin's Comet, Part 2, The Old Masters. It's that time again! It's time for another episode. I'm so glad you did that. I really enjoyed that. Well done. You're welcome. Yeah. I'm glad that I could role model that for you and that Whoa. you could join me in that enthusiasm and love wow. for starting the show. That's what a great welcome. I feel so warm and cozy, so thank you for that. You're not welcome anymore. What? All right, let's talk about us being here. I'm Sunshine. Nope. I'm I'm Ben. Did we already did, do that? Did we already do that? I don't think so. We just did. Oh. Max is saying no. Max is here. Hey, Max. Good um, good day. Thank it's, you for reuniting so with us good tonight. and it feels so good. Is that who sings that? I, Etta James. I don't know. Do you ever think that like when Etta became a when she had children, she became Etta mommy? <laughs> That's a terrible joke. That's such a bad joke. Why am I laughing so hard at that joke? <laughs> Do you even like edamame? Dude, who doesn't like edamame? I think it's fine. I like Etta James. Yeah. Uh, all right. Go get a poke bowl and put some edamame in there. Oh, boy. What does this have to do with anything with Pokemon? But not edamame. What? All right. Anyways, reunion <laughs> is our lens for today. As we discuss this episode, but before we jump into that, Ben, you've got thirty seconds on the clock. No, I'm I'm seventy-seven percent sure it's your we turn. Go. I, so they're on an island, and uh, Ang is you know Ang's on an island. It's not really an island; it's a lion turtle. But anyway, he's get, seeking guidance from his past lives. Talks to you know some Roku. Talks to some Kurok. Maybe a little you know Kiyoshi and Yang Chen. Anyway, fifteen then, seconds. Like the the other group, they're trying like June, and June's like, oh my god, I can't find him. And then June's like, well, we can find Iroh. And then they go find Iroh. And she's like, oh, God, the creepy uncle. And then it's like, okay. But then they're like, Iroh, they reunite. It's really beautiful. And then they all go off in their separate ways. Stop. What? (laughs) What? They all reunite and it's beautiful and they all go off in their separate ways. Yeah. It's a recap. Not a good one. It's a short, very (laughs) short recap. (laughs) Let's talk about reunion, shall we? I didn't come here to get judged. A lens... (laughs) A lens uh, picked by our patrons, so thank you all for that. Yeah, Love that. they're pretty great. Um, what reunion? Why? I don't know. They picked it, not me. No, but well, like what? <laughs> what can we possibly look at? Why is reunion a meaningful lens that we could look at this episode through? Why don't you ask that for other? Words? I'm asking you. But you don't normally ask that question. But I'm asking it now because okay. I don't know if I know. And so I'm really wanting to dive more into to what reunion means and what it is and, and why it can be something beneficial to talk about. Well, I think traditionally reunion is understood as what happens when two things reunite 
in a space. <laughs> you feel good about using the word in the definition? When two parties uh, enter the same space Fuse. again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and, and I think that uh, traditionally what I, what I think of when I think of reunion is like family reunion. That's where my head goes. And I think about, um, you know. Airport terminals. Alumni reunions. Um, oh, airport terminals is good. Oh, love actually. Oh, mm-hmm. God, I love that. I need to watch that again. That's such a good movie. Um, okay. So that's what I think about. I think about those as a reunion. Um, I mean, there are literal re- reunions in this episode for sure to, to pay attention to. And I think what we'll see is we'll see, uh, we'll look at the nature of those reunions, right? Cause I think reunions in and of themselves are neither positive nor negative. Just However, like a lot of stuff. It's a tool, right? Yeah, or a, a thing. It just exists. And yet our response to an approach to it, uh, can differ pretty vastly. I think when I read the definition, the active process of being brought together again as a whole the as a whole part is is really important. Yeah. So it's not just two people coming into contact, but it's reconnecting, re-emerging to be able to be one unit, one thing. Yeah. Um, and it, it, and it, that's what makes it successful. It's looking at things coming from uh, an individual to a together. It's going from me to we, mm-hmm. right? It's like, and so if we think about... The, we become and we unite into one thing. That one thing is like between people can be a relationship. It can be uh, all kinds of things. It, you can also reunite with yourself. Like there are, yes. there are yeah. so like f- different aspects of ourselves that we might try to cast off that we might try to like, I pretend that never happened. And then we realize that we're only whole when we allow ourselves to integrate all of those things. So I think I dove into this episode with the idea of what are the accelerators or the things that contribute to a joining as a successful whole and being mm, a part as okay. one. And then what are the things that are detractors from that reconnection? Good, good. That's kind of where my head's at when looking I'm at this episode. I'm excited to hear your thoughts. I've got thoughts. Oh, good. On things. I'm glad you have thoughts. Yes. Otherwise, this podcast would not be, you know, very good. If I had zero thoughts... It would be very boring. Very short. It'd be a lot of you monologuing. Yeah, I do enough and, of that. And Max, <laughs> and Max dropping probably not jokes. enough. I don't. I don't need to do any more of that. I don't think. So let's talk. Let's talk about what's the first reunion we see this episode. This is why we're here. Um. Yeah. The first reunion. The one that I wrote down is. <sighs> you have Aang waking up, and he is alone, but when we are asleep we are he is not alone when we are asleep we have this like we are in and of ourselves but when he wakes up there's this reuniting with with momo it's like oh i have i'm not alone right and i think momo creates that presence that i wonder if he would have felt as um safe had had momo not been there i genuinely Um, think that's right I think that's fair. I think there's so many moments, and we see him process with Momo in the episode. Yeah. And he acknowledges he's just processing himself. Yep. But I think Momo is comfort. I think almost like any family pet, it feels like home when they're around. Yeah. So I think that that was very helpful for him. For sure. And so does that mean that when reconnecting with yourself, having a support system around you that's comforting is beneficial? Are you asking or are you saying? I'm asking. <laughs> That's why I asked it as a question. Yeah, but oftentimes your questions... It wasn't rhetorical, Ben. What's the answer? 
Give me the answer. I mean, I sure. Why not? I, I think that for sure, I think having a support system makes processing our wholeness easier. So potentially having a support system that you can reunite with or unite with in the first place even can allow you to reunite with yourself in a way that you couldn't have without said support system. Right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. I think that's right. Thanks for correct saying that's correct. I appreciate it. I feel good about that. Yeah. Thank you for that answer. You're welcome. So reconnecting with yourself, realizing that you're in a new place, having a strong connection with yourself is, is pretty important um, to be able to navigate that, it seems. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. How about you? I, the I first moment the first that one. came out to me was the reunion of June and Zuko. Mm, that happens and, pretty early and on. Team Avatar. And I think it's important. I think I know where you're going. I think you, yes, because I I'm, feel very strongly on this. It's been six months, right? It's six, been one week we got to see. It's been more than a week. And those aren't the lyrics. But it's been... One week you better been hate me. Yep, nailed it. It's been, it's been at least three months, if not six months, if not longer. And the first thing that June says when she sees Zuko is, where's your creepy grandpa? So what does that say? I, I'm going all the way back to the first season because this is something that I feel very strong on. And we I, talked about and this I, moment. We did, and it's it bothers me that it's something that fandom still argues about. She feels so strongly about the discomfort that she felt around Iroh and his behavior and the way that he treated her that she it is the first thing that she brings up in this reunion. And I think that is meaningful and worth talking about. It's telling. It says that that the impression that he lay left, excuse me, made a lasting impression. Correct. Right. And so, can you remind us of what happened in that season one? Because I don't know that everybody will remember. So he flirts. He 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 gawks at her. He's he kind of hangs around her. But the big moment is that he pretends to have gotten hit by the tongue of the shirsu, so that he can lay under her while she is paralyzed without her consent and for all the wrong reasons. Yep. And it gets argued about all the time on threads of, well, he's just an old guy or he didn't mean anything or nothing happened. And all of that is, it is wrong. He is without her consent, putting his body on her body and it is a hundred percent not okay. And now we get proof in the third season yeah, that, that she was affected. She by was it. affected by it. Yeah, and I and I think it's worth noting that I think the way you phrased that would offer uh, people to have a way in to conflate it. And so I, I think that he was blown away by an explosion just in the same way that she was and that Zuko was. They were all blown he caught back, her. right? And the difference is he had the option to move after put and being put in that position. Correct. And he chose not to. Correct. In fact, he chose to <laughs> shush Zuko. When Zuko was going to call him out on when it. When Zuko called him out on it. Yep. And June made a face in that moment also. That she recognized. That she saw it. Yep. And so it was one of those things where... He put his body on her body without consent. He he left his body on her body. And I, th- and I think that equally... They are wrong. Yeah. I think he that, made an intentional choice to do that. Yes. That is just as bad as intentionally moving in. And so I think that 
I just wanted to clarify that because I think that both are important and equally important to invalidating in this moment. And I think the reason I lift it up is because it is clear to me that past behaviors, past actions will always have an effect on future reunions. Yes. The way that you build relationships, the way that you relieve relationships will either allow you to reconnect better on, on a reunion or be a, a blocker to connection. Well, and we've talked about, on, like with the, I think I love what I love about this podcast is the more we do it, the more we have things that we can reference things that we've talked about. But we've talked about forgiveness. We've talked about regret. We've talked about all of these things that people can move past. We've talked about revenge. We've talked about all of these things that people can like harness and latch onto and sink their teeth into. And depending on one's approach to any of those things, it will affect a reunion. Absolutely. Right? All of those different lenses that we've talked about have the potential to drastically affect any sort of re the reunion itself, but also our our feelings around, our feelings of anticipation towards a reunion, right? So if I haven't forgiven Iroh for this moment, I am much less inclined to feel any sort of positive emotion when I see someone that's even connected to this man. Her first reaction is, where is he at? Yeah. Like, it's, it's it has nothing to do with Zuko. It has everything to do with her association of Zuko with Iroh's negative action in that moment. Correct. Which is interesting that we can... Our notion and uh, appreciation and or concept of reunion regarding an individual can be affected by someone else entirely yeah someone who's not a part of that yeah just by like guilty by association right um and that's that's scary that's scary in a way which it just really is calling me to pay attention to who i'm allowing myself to be surrounded by but also making sure you're not allowing those behaviors to take place when you and have speaking when you out, have the, right? the ability to do that um but yeah, I thought I think that was it was so it was something I don't think I've ever really given thought to before. I hadn't noticed and it until this as episode. As soon as it happened, I it was glaring to me like being hit with a floodlight. Yeah, um, I'm really curious if our listeners had caught on to that before, and I'm I just it had never hit me the same way that you're describing it. it had never hit me this way until rewatching it under this lens, or really under any lens. No, so that I, was so. But, that was the big thing for me in that moment is, was that. So we've talked about connecting with yourself. We're talking about detractors of uh, connections of past behaviors, can, depending on the behavior, yeah. can, can be an obstacle to reconnecting in a successful way and having that be a positive reunion. Because reunions can be negative. Yes. I think we have this, generally when you hear reunion, you think family, oh, airport, yay. things. Oh, high school reunion. High school. I don't know if that has a positive connotation. Yeah, most people have a negative one about that. But there's, it's <laughs> all typically like it's supposed to be cheery, and I think it's important to know that reunions can be Well, it's it's negative. supposed to be it a celebration. Be, but it can be yeah. traumatizing. It can be painful. It can be these things that are very tough to navigate and deal with. Um, and I think that, that this is a moment that highlights that. Well, and I think it's also important to lift up, like, I, there are so many, There, it is a trope uh, to not want to go to a high school reunion because of all of the people Bullying and the bullies and, and the, the thing. It is a trope and shows. It is a trope to not want to go to a family reunion for the same reasons. 
because you know somebody's third cousin is a jerk because and, I'm know, a like, male nurse or and, because yeah, and I don't want you know, any critiques whatever. from my you know you know left wing right uncle like you know right wing left wing uncle or there's just whatever it is reunion especially the an uncontrolled reunion has a lot of potential to cause negative response right i just think that's important yeah yeah to recognize that not all reunions are going to be positive for everyone involved and to, yeah and i think that's that's the question that i i really want to like ask myself before a reunion and saying okay i'm excited about this reunion however the people that i'm bringing along or the people that i'm inviting may not be which goes so, to how do talked, I ask? Well, and we've also talked about being inclusive in a way of you can set the table, you can invite people to the party, but if the party isn't one that people feel safe in, why in the world would they take you up on that invitation? Yeah. So you. Yes, that's where I landed. Was just I. It's just we got to make sure that we're taking care of the people around us. Here, here. And we got to make sure we're putting people in safe situations in any reunion that we're going into. And then I'm just like, and not faulting people for not want to reunite, right? Not shaming people who don't want to be a part of a reunion. Yes. And yeah. not shaming them for not sharing with you why, right? Like people are going to set boundaries. That's a good thing. There might be a reason where someone doesn't want to go home. And trusting that when your relationship is strong enough that they will let you know. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. Trust. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's get back to Aang, can we? I like Aang. Uh, he reunites with so many avatars this episode. He does. And I love that about this episode. Okay. I love that he is continuing. It goes into s evaluating with yourself, getting to a point where you are re reuniting with yourself. So I think that that's because all these avatars are Aang. Yeah. And it's nice to be able to reconvene and get advice and talk to people that are mentors. And I love that that aspect of it. Um, I also love the moment where he goes, I know I shouldn't have talked to Kiyoshi. <laughs> <laughs> well, to me, the, like if we take that metaphorically and to think about our past selves, not in the sense of our past selves in prior lifetimes, but my 10-year-old self is a different Ben than Ben now. My 25-year-old self is a very different Ben than I am now. And if you could give your advice to your previous selves, how much better could you be now? Like if you could be your own trusted adult? That and how much better would I be if I could remember some of the things that I found important a while ago? Yeah. So I have to remember that my past selves have wisdom to offer because I learned things at crucial moments in my life. I also have to realize that in a way re relying on wisdom from the past is bear with me here, a way of saying, I want to return to the past. I want to return to quote normal. I want to quote, take it further, make America great again. And I really believe that the past can inform our present and help us forge our future, but it needs to be in the lens of 
I want to reunite not to live in the past. I want to reunite with that so that I can forge a new future, so that I can pioneer a new possibility. And I think that's what we see Aang do. It's owning your story. So yes, that you so get that you to can write, write the, the ending. ending. Yes. Boom. <laughs> that's it. It's navigating. It's not going and living in your past self where you got to you know, have no responsibilities. It's taking all that whimsy, all that learning, all that growth, all those steps to be better into living and creating the world the way it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like, I, I think all of the, his past selves offered really valuable, like one liners, right? They were all really valuable one liners. Yeah. And they're one-liners by very nature. Only they justice are, can bring peace. Well, it's just, it's dimensional in a way that like, you have to add context you, to those things. You have to be able to interpret right. those things. Yes. And interpretation means that it, there is no black or white answer. Correct. Right? And so... Because what does justice look like? Because the way that Aang interpreted all of those things was that he had to kill Ozai. Yep. But only justice can bring peace does not mean you have to kill somebody. Right? It means you need to bring justice. It means you need to bring justice. So you got to decide what justice looks like. Yes. And so and it's and it doesn't have to be what justice looked like in the past. Justice can look new. It can be something that we pioneer and forge and create. I just I reuniting has the potential to help us bounce into the future rather than to hold us in the past. It also has the potential to hold us back. So, it just requires our interp, right? Yep. I'm going to go on a tangent. You ready? I'm ready. I want... Here's your soapbox. A two-hour... Step up. I'm on it. Okay. I want a two-hour horror movie... Mm, not into it. ...with Karuk's encounter with Ko and the Glowworm. Mm, I'm out. No, thanks. Do you know the Glowworm yet? Have you have you got there? Huh? There's a... Ko's dad. What? Yep. Where, where, why haven't I seen this? You gotta, you gotta. Oh, I haven't read the book. You gotta oh, get okay. into things. Uh, but I think it would be terrifying. Yeah, that sounds we, terrifying. We find out in the comics early on who Ko's mother is. Yeah, but other people haven't read the comics. I know, but you should because ideally we'll get to that at some point here in the future. Yeah. I don't want to say near future, but in the future. Yeah, like if, especially if people continue but to I, support us on I Patreon. I think like a two-hour Karuk movie, like animated. Not live action, yeah, 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 yeah. one that's put on like Fun Funimation or mm. Nickelodeon, something like that. I would love to watch that. You and think Nickelodeon's gonna produce a horror cartoon? Mm. Adult Swim Cartoon N Network. Nickelodeon is a Universal subsidy, and Universal does Halloween Horror Nights every year. And so, yes, in my headspace, mm. I think that they could make a, we'll, a PG thirteen we'll Karuk horror movie. Yeah, we'll, we'll agree to disagree. And we're recording this in October, so spooky season. So I'm in the mood. Give it to me. Because like Ko is terrifying, and we did not get enough Ko. Yeah, yeah. Even the moment where Ko just, you see Ko's body Ugh. ripple around, chills. Chills. Yeah. I was reunited with Ko and my fear at the same time. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie. That was... Uh, I would lose my face so fast. It's a lost it opportunity. It would not matter. He would steal my face. It's a it's a lost opportunity to think about how much content we could have around Co. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of fan fiction out there, but anyway, it's terrifying. Yeah, but 
Other I, moments. Uh, Aang and the avatars. Great stuff. Yeah. Other well, moments of, re- of reunion that you noticed, thought of. I mean. Found compelling. Love, love, love. I love, love. Love, love. The White Lotus showing up. Just period? Like, yeah, well, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a not I, so much in Korra. I don't. I think they get away from what they're supposed to be in Korra yet. But love the White Lotus now. Oh, they're incredible now. So I have a interesting thought. So Boomy's uh, ridiculously strong. One one like Boomy is like whoa. Um, if I live to be one hundred and twenty five years old, I hope I look half that. I guess he's one hundred and twelve. Um, guess he is a little hunchback, but you know what it is. What it is. Doesn't matter. <laughs> he got his whole city back. So ripped. Um, Jacked one twelve. One of the things I found compelling about that reunion with all of those uh, influential people in the gang's life was when Zhang Zhang uh, shot fire to like you know capture them and encircle them. Uh, on at first, it looks like normal fire. But when it's reflecting off of the White Lotus uh, as it's panning through all of the people who have shown up to this meeting, the fire is different colors. It reflects as different colors. And it really reminded me. Has Zhang Zhang met Ran and Shaw? It reminded me of Ran and Shaw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the color fire there. And I just, I found that it's really. glimmers. It's like green and like it yeah, has its, like its, its moments. It was really like very neat. Um in terms of just the the color it was emitting, and I just it really reminded me of that. And so whether that's um, proven wrong or not, that's what I see. I, I had forgotten cool. that Toph had yet to meet three out of the four, <laughs> and I don't know if Zuko's met any of them. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, but it's such a cool moment to see all of them because those are so many great one-off characters that just show back up. Yeah, and I think that's a. It, you see, if we're looking at the way that past experience shapes reunions, we're seeing pretty powerful past experiences. It's almost like they never left them. Boomy, yeah. very positive experience with Boomy in the way that he was super warm to them. I mean, I guess not super warm. He put them through. He scared the tar out of them, but they know that he had good intentions when they left. Um, and then Pandao. Zhang Zhang, not very warm. Well, warm because of the fire. <laughs> Literally but, warm. But it was a very positive experience for them to show up that way. And so, wait, I, as I'm talking through it, not always past behavior. Like, not all of them had very warm behaviors, but they were all trusted. They were all masters. I think there was a level of respect there. Yeah, and I think that's a lot of what it is. is Credibility. Credibility, maybe, for sure. I, I What I find... Uh, a little subcategory of this is, you know, Paku and Sokka, who, like, are able to bond over the fact that they're now family. And so he's now Grand Paku. Um, Grand Paku. Uh, it was just, it's really interesting because that's just a really beautiful moment in which, uh, hey, wow, I didn't know that you were a part of my family now. Welcome. And it was just a, it was a really beautiful moment to, um welcome him in and well i guess welcome each other into family you know reuniting so, in a in a new way a different way so what's the big takeaway you know i don't know i don't know that i have a takeaway from that moment other yeah. than it, it's it's 
other than it's nice to reunite with people and then realize that you're closer with them than you thought. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And I, you, I think reuniting has the potential to be risky, right? We've talked about this, but it also has the, like with vulnerability comes the birthplace of joy and also the birthplace of shame and guilt. And it just happened to play out in a positive way this time where that risk had a reward, you know? Hmm. Risky reunions that make me cry. Uh huh. Yeah. There's one. Just one? <laughs> that I'm specifically thinking about. Yeah. Lots of risk in this one. Lots of vulnerability. In Zuko with Iroh. Yes. So much vulnerability. So many tears. I watched this episode three times in out of the last <laughs> 24 hours. Yeah. As we were prepping for this, I'd, and I teared up every time. I teared up for sure every time. Yeah, it's. I was never angry with you. I was sad because you were lost. I thought you lost your way. No, I just I. It's hard when when you feel like you've damaged that relationship, and like, and so we talked about reunions where you're not comfortable with the other people, but this is a reunion where you're not comfortable with yourself because of the you're decisions sure about you've what's made, happen. right? Yeah. And you, you've made the mistake, you've damaged the relationship and it's, and it's, it can be too difficult to repair in your eyes. It could be that they won't forgive you. It could be so much. And I, I just love Zuko's, Zuko comes into this terrified and it's just, it's so real. And I think that's what makes me tear up is that like, I've felt this. I have like been in a place where I, I made a mistake and all I want to do is, is repair that relationship because I care for this person so much. And I just, I really worry what would have happened to Zuko and his his thought process, his mindset, his ability to move forward, had Iroh not been as loving and and beautiful as he was in this moment. Right. Like I really I worry because the damage that comes from that kind of fall can be really challenging to bounce back from. I also wanna give a moment of thought to the way that Zuko enters that space. Yeah. Iroh's asleep, but he just sits there. What is the reunion? Like, how did you prepare for this reunion? That, and also, I think there's so much power in just being physically near. No talking. I think, like, and yes, talking's great, but I'm saying I think there's still a power in just being close, physically close. Um, and Absolutely. And a strength and a connection piece that can come with that. And so I, I would almost think that Zuko probably had a little bit of relief in that moment where he was just able to sit and be near Iroh. And knowing that Iroh wasn't going to get mad because he was sleeping, but knowing he could just be there close with him, I think was something that was probably very powerful for Zuko. It's something that I felt was very powerful in that moment. Yeah, that's And really it just beautiful. highlighted that for me, is that sometimes just being physically close can be so repairing, can yeah. be so helpful. Well, you know, I, I, he didn't have to wait in there. He could have waited outside. Correct. He could have like gone and been eating dinner. He could have been like, oh, I've been waiting for you. And it just, 
it carries different weight. It it communicates something different to be willing to sit in that space. Right. And be willing to sit in that silence, for sure. Now, I don't know how I'd feel to wake up with someone in my room staring over me. Like Edward Cullen? Who? <laughs> You've seen those movies. Oh. Yeah. I put them really close to... Uh, a movie that doesn't exist. A movie that should not be named. No. Uh, other moments of reunion I have are Ang and the Lion Turtle. Tell me more. Juan uh, and the Lion Turtle. I see. Now, Aang I and the see. Lion I Turtle. see. Tell like okay. Tell me like what were your takeaways on that? So the Lion Turtle was the initial creator of the Avatar, and so that re- I think that is the ultimate reconnecting with self, the ultimate processing of him, kind of. With his original state, original purpose. Uh, I don't Here, know right. if I agree with your Hear me out. So we we C- talked about creator. Going, we talked about with uh, Indira going to the original source for guidance. So the original source of bending, sure, but so I think Rava, Rava versus Lion Turtle. Versus, fair. Okay. okay. Great. Good talk. Keep going. I change everything I've said. It's not a reunion that I want to talk about. I think it's still a reunion. It is. It is still a reunion. Okay. <laughs> and I think it's a, I think it's a really good moment. I love that he was able to get that guidance from the lion turtle and understand the power that lies within himself through that conversation. Um, and I think that's what I want all reunions. I want reunions that like I have with people to be that uplifting, filled with that much wisdom. Yeah. I don't think I hit that all the time or – some, I maybe some of the time, but I really like that moment, and it's just one for me that's the idea of talking and listening and soundboarding. And I wonder if you're able to speak to a lion turtle almost like a therapist, almost like someone who's not sitting in judgment, someone that you can just kind of open up to. It feels that way in that conversation a little bit. I hadn't thought about it that way. And so I like that moment. Interesting. Yeah, I think non-judgment is a huge component of, like, all the things. <laughs> yeah. That's a great uh, reunion. Super important. But that's such a thing. You, like, I, you hear people say, I'm, I don't pass judgment or I'm non-judgmental. Or when, when groups create norms for our, our rules for a meeting, they always say, oh, this is a no-judgment zone or judgment-free zone. Eh, wrong. I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> it's I don't, not. I don't think that's possible. I think you can be aware of your judgments, but I think you're going to have judgments, but that's where the self-awareness piece comes into play. But if you can do that well, if you can be aware of your judgments and navigate your behaviors around those, you can create a really supportive reunion. Mm. And so mm. I think you're right. I think that idea of being aware of judgments and checking your own story can be very beneficial in creating stronger reunions. We don't actually see this next reunion I'm about to talk about in this episode, but we, we, we talk about it. So Iroh talks about his reunion with Bossing Say, and he came originally trying to conquer it, right? And now he tries to restore it and to save it. And uh, I, in between that, he came as a tourist, that's, yeah. So <laughs> I, I think it's fascinating to think about how oftentimes we have a prior experience, a prior uh, friend, a prior 
um, thing that we have been joined with in some way. And because of our mindset, because of the frame that we have been working in, that friendship, relationship, experience is no longer serving us. And so it, we leave it. And then to be able to reframe and reshape our expectations, reframe our perception of the event, of the person, of the thing, allows us to reunite with it in a way that we were never able to before. And I think that Iroh's reuniting with Ba Sing Se in this concept, in this frame, kind of demonstrates that in a way that we don't necessarily see elsewhere in the episode. Thoughts? Yeah, I, if I'm hearing you right, the way that we shift our story and the framework around the way that we think about things can drastically have an effect on the way that we perceive them and the way that we reunite. Yeah. And so challenge, I think to me that I, I feel that that goes back to challenging your story consistently. Here, here. We've talked about it before in several times this season of you have to take other experiences from others is, is truth, but you have to constantly challenge your own as to what you are perceiving in a moment. And I think Iroh has been able to do more self-worth checks. Maybe it's a, he feels good about the way that Zuko's turned out. He feels redemption maybe, but he's got a new mindset after the death of his son of what life is supposed to be about and that drastically changes what he feels like his duty is to things like bossing say and the people that live there. Well, I just I think that oftentimes we attempt things in our youth and then we're like, "Oh, that's just not meant for me." Mm-hmm. And n- not necessarily. Sometimes that just means that you're not ready. You're not ready. You got to think of it a different way. Yeah. You got to approach it from a different standpoint. Sometimes time is is necessary. Is necessary. Yeah. Yeah. And, and being willing to accept that you're not ready mm. mm-hmm. is so hard. And yet, if you can do that, then you can work to be ready. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. All right. Any other, uh, any other moments that we want to chat about before we move on to our break? No. I'm just interested in hearing voicemails from people about their reuniting with avatar through our podcast send them on down <laughs> to the gmail.com all right we will take a quick break and we'll be right back with a practice devotion in our gratitude Woohoo! We're so glad you're still with us listening to this podcast because we are getting into a nice, fun little sacred practice right now. A little sacred practice. Yeah. We, well, we've done sacred imagination the past couple weeks, which um, has been really cool. That's always been fun. And we decided to return back this episode to uh, Lectio Divina, which is a sacred reading. And it's uh, a... Uh, practice that's gone back a long 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 way and there's a lot of things you can read about it uh if you want more resources reach out to us but you can also find them online for sure and what we're doing is we're picking a random line that was said in the show 
and we are going to analyze it on four different levels. And it's uh, another way to translate it is a slow reading. So it's slowing us down to focus on just one line instead of the whole reading or the whole show, and we're picking out one specific moment. And so we're going to analyze it in four levels. And the first level is the literal meaning. And so sunshine, the line that I have randomly chosen. Yes. Is this. Yes. The white lotus has always been about philosophy and beauty and truth. I'll read it one more time. No, I got it. But yes, you can read it one more time. How about the listeners? Maybe they need it again. The white lotus has always been about philosophy and beauty and truth. All right. Yeah. So let that marinate for a second. And what is the literal meaning of this what is the context of when it was said all that jazz do you remember this is my man i believe it's zhang zhang it is who says it well done yeah uh and he's just discussing what the white lotus is because zuko had just been like they're the white lotus and so zhang zhang is telling them exactly what the white lotus represents and why it exists in this moment and so he says this line you you nailed it that was so well done all right great yeah you get to do the back three. <laughs> oh no <laughs> okay uh, step two, we get to go through step one pretty quick, but step two is what is, uh, this remind us of? And so this, what are the allegorical things that it reminds us of in the rest of the avatar world? Um, what are the things within the canon that this lifts up in us? So the white Lotus has always been about philosophy and beauty and truth. Oh, that those things can change depending on where you are in the, the Atla world. Tell um, me more. So what Ozai has taught the kids of the Fire Nation. Ooh, as uh, truth, is it like, right? As truth and philosophy and what's beautiful versus what the rest of the world sees versus what yeah. the air nomads see as truth. Like and beauty, beauty in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. Um, but that's what first came up to me it was, is how different that can be based off of where you're living. Because what is truth to the Earth King? And, oh, that's so true. Yeah. And what is what is truth to um, Longfei? Well, and to, well what is truth, truth? truth is truth is truth. It's our perception of what truth is that is different, Cor- right? Um, but you're always going to put your perspective onto things. Sure. I, absolutely. And so what the White Lotus views is beauty and truth and, and philosophy. I, I tend to agree with, but... Well, I mean, I'm I'm all about philosophy and beauty and truth. I'm mm-hmm. all about those things. But I think w- when that when those things become distorted, that's when it becomes troubling. And I and I wonder if that it just thinking about full canon, it makes me think about the White Lotus. And we talked about this earlier briefly, but the White Lotus and Korra seems to have shifted, right? They're more like a Secret Service glorified uh, bodyguards. Um, and, and I wonder if they're maintaining their tenets of philosophy, beauty, and truth. And that's, that's just a, a question that I don't know the answer, but that certainly makes me question. For sure. Um, yeah. So uh, one more time, the White Lotus has always been about philosophy and beauty and truth. Any other things this reminds you of allegorically? I almost, it reminds me of Aang meeting Hei Tell me more. I feel like he had a perception of what was going on. I think he, he saw the beauty in what could be in that space, the beauty of what could be in Hei Bai, the truth of what Hei Bai was, 
um, and shifting his story in that moment, I think led him that it just, it populated that for me. That's awesome. I think that's a really cool connection. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of other moments that philosophy is mentioned. Like I, it makes me think of, um, the library and, uh, Wan Shi Tong and I, not necessarily in a great regard, but it makes me think about it. Like in terms of philosophy, I usually think of books and truth knowledge and, and truth yeah. and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it made me think of that for sure. And the professor was certainly interested in, thought it was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Anything else on this level? No, those are the big ones. Okay. I'm done with level two. Move to three. <laughs> We've, we have leveled up. Uh, level three, and let's be real, this is a huge reduction of what Lectio Divina can be. We're just, this is a way to practice this, just as a, just as a caveat. But level three is, what does this remind us of in our own lives? How do we open this up to our perception of this sentence? And so what does this remind us of in outside of the Avatar canon? So I'll read it for us once more. Uh, the White Lotus has always been about philosophy and beauty and truth. don't know that's okay i know yeah okay uh let me take a stab at it so please do uh i'm in school right now and what i'm realizing is that all of these things kind of like what we were talking about earlier are so heavily debated uh like philosophy is all about like this is the way we think about things but like it's all about challenging thought and beauty is like man it's so interesting to think about what people call beautiful and the judgment that people place on beauty, whether that be a cultural judgment or uh, individual. But then also, like, truth is so seriously conflated because it's hard to discern what truth is. And like, it's just making me think about those things. And so being a society that's committed to that, I like, I want to, I want to join something that's committed to t talking about these and things. And understanding the difficulties with that. Yeah. Like they have, there's so much self-development and that has to go into being able to say those are truly tenets of what you're doing. Yeah. And, and these gentlemen that we see, unfortunately we don't see any grandmasters that are women, but what we do see is we see, these these guys who have put their life into really mastering something and really growing and becoming and there's just this level of respect that it feels like they have given the world through their level of knowledge gain that it, it reminds me of the respect i have for great teachers and i don't always agree with my teachers right in fact i disagree pretty profusely with a few of them right now but it doesn't mean I don't respect them. And like, I think about, uh, Paku, for instance, who is somewhat, you know, at least sexist at some point in his life. Uh, and I think about Zhang Zhang who had several like things that we kind of disagree with his, his methods and even Boomy, like we, it doesn't mean we like do not think about their faults. It means that there's this, there's this level of respect that I have for these, this group. That was a long rant. I don't know that there was a point to that, but that's what it reminds me of. That's what it makes me think of. What is it? Does it? Do you have anything else after I talked for a hot minute? Yeah, I think for me, 
getting to, I think it just goes back to getting to that level to to be able to say what how do I live into those tenants requires so much effort and so much work to be able to do that in a way that's meaningful and to say that you do that and to say that that's a philosophy of your organization I wonder if that's tough to live into in a way that's accountable yeah um, yeah I think it's when someone says, "Oh, as a you know, as a goal, we are, we are inclusive to everyone." Yep. And then that's really hard to do. Yep. And I think it's a great thing to strive to, but I don't know if you ever get to a yes. So I, you know, for that to be their mission, I feel maybe that's good. This the, is under- the lens we're constantly looking Correct. through. Right. It's a we're never going to attain this, but we're going to always work towards it. I think. Well, is and I and what moment. I what I love about it is it's not we are a group that knows these things it is a group that is about these things we are we are pro talking about these things <laughs> that's what it's it comes across as yeah that's great um yeah. okay level four level four our ultimate level is if you were called to do something based off of this sentence what is it that this sentence is calling you to do what are what are the actions that this sentence is calling you to take um i'll read it one more for our listeners yeah absolutely the white lotus has always been about philosophy and beauty and truth oh i feel just so called to always check my own perceptions to, to see if I'm living into that, if I'm living into truth. where What is truth? Where are my sources? Why do I believe the things that I believe? Yeah. I just feel called to do, to always be in a, a revolving door of why, why am I thinking this right now? And do I feel good about that? And is that coming from my value place? Or is that coming from somewhere else? Or is this a valid source for this claim or article? Um, yeah, I'm gonna just hop. To kind of being a consistent flow of of that. I'm gonna hop on the train and and I being in school right now in a divinity school in which I am not of the predominant religion. Uh, it, <laughs> I am constantly having to remind myself to be a filter and not a sponge. And one of the things that's come up around those is I've started to notice my language and my thought processes and my um, deductions have been out of my initial boundaries, which has been interesting because like I'm clearly being influenced in a way that I was not aware of in some ways. And I don't have a specific instance for that, but um, I, I am just noticing that my internal thought simply by being in this environment is changing my perspective and my perception. And so I just am constantly hoping to reinvigorate my sense of, I need to like, I need to check my filter and make sure I'm not absorbing things that I, I need to set a boundary around absorbing, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, this is information that I can hear, but I need to make sure it's coming from, I need to decipher where it's coming from as well. Yes. Yes. Woo. Okay. That actually leads really well into my devotion. Let's talk about that. So water is our... Water plus reunion Mm -hmm. equals a goal, and you are setting what? I think for me, the discussion around the stories that we create can drastically impact the way that we reunite with others. Using water as, as, 
I'm viewing it as cleaning, as in using water to clean mm-hmm. an item. Yeah. To clean that story, to make sure that I'm getting the the mud and the dirt and the the grime and the stuff on there that could be shifting my view of an item or the value of that item or nice little pressure wash correct and and getting down to what it is and realizing how does that story need to go forward what is this really at its core that i can clean when i am looking at the stories of where i'm learning and what i'm learning and how i'm shifting my own narrative am i cleaning Mm. that down to its base or am i letting all the dirt and grime change the way that i view it I love that. Yeah. That's where my head was. Reuniting with the original intent. Correct. Right? Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. I, I kind of thought about this while I was watching the episode, but like reunion and water is interesting because I think about like the water cycle. And so water may start uh, in the ocean and then it evaporates into the air and then it becomes a cloud and then it grains and then it goes into a, a rains on a mountain and it becomes into a river then a river flows into the ocean and then the whole starts over right and i i find that to be pretty fascinating because like it's this it's the premise of like it, what came first the ocean or the cloud and the truth is a, a circle has no beginning right it we are always perpetually in motion and to think about like returning to something that once was is to think about like we are constantly changing so even if we return to a specific state it will never be the same place the same exact water molecules it will just it'll never be the same so it just really reminded me of even though we may be experiencing similar states of mind similar um, experiences we are changing and growing. And so as I think about that, and I think about my my reunions in my life, that as I return to different states of mind, different states of experience, different points in my life, that I am a new person every time I enter those modes and that I can make different choices. And so long story short, it's as I consider my my future reunions i want to not consider them under the umbrella of well this is what i did in the past and so i have to live into that but rather this is what i did in the past and this is what i can do in the future love that love every bit of it that's beautiful thanks uh we got some work to do this week we do (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna accomplish all of that this week check <laughs> <laughs> all right gratitude Ooh, i Let's forgot about gratitude this. gratitude's important i love gratitude okay uh so i am going to pick ang i am grateful i don't think i've been grateful for ang i don't know if i've picked ang or not um if i haven't it's been a while if yeah i like ang ang's great um <laughs> good <laughs> but i i, I think what I really love about Aang is that Aang's 12. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Yeah. And he has done everything that we could ask and more from anyone close to being in this situation. He has sought wisdom from himself, from his past selves. He's sought wisdom from his friends. He has been training he has been growing. He's been investing in this 
for so long and he has prioritized his his play he's prioritized his learning he has come to this moment right here where he is taking this on from the best place and i'm just i'm grateful for his his leadership his modeling his um humility i'm just i'm really grateful for for ang for so many reasons but those are some among many he deserves some gratitude every now and then every now he's and got then. a lot going on um, I'm going to give my gratitude to Yang Chen and Kiyoshi. Mm, duel. We, we do not see a lot of women mentors throughout the series. We do not. And I love seeing them lifted up and being in a space where they are confident in their experiences and confident in what they are and realize that they have, they are deserving to be, be mentors in that moment. And I love seeing them that way. And I love seeing Aang take Yen, Yang Chen's advice and, and listen to Kiyoshi with the same intensity that he listens to Karuk and and uh, and Roku in those moments. And so I love that they have that opportunity. I'm grateful for their advice in that moment. So I'm giving my gratitude to, to Yang Chen and, and Kiyoshi. I'm grateful for them too. Whew. Absolutely. Two more episodes, <laughs> and then we are done more. with season three of Bending Not Breaking and Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, man. That's cray-cray. Wow. Well, what? Max is making faces. Um, yeah, so here's the deal. We are really excited to have taken this journey with you it's been yes. like it's been it's this has been years we've been doing this for a while now mm -hmm. um and we're hoping that we can continue like our plan is to continue um i'm gonna be real with y'all we still need more patrons to reach our goal of 50 that being said uh we are hopeful that even if we don't make it we're gonna do our best to get into cora because we're just so excited about it that being said we really would appreciate if you have the capacity to take time to invest in our Patreon. And you can do that by visiting us at BNB underscore pod on Patreon. And there's lots of cool things you can get from that. Sunshine, what do you what do you what do you think about that? Can you tell us a little Love bit about that? Love that. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. That's new. That's new. BNB underscore pod there. And on Facebook, bending not breaking. Um, but thanks, thanks to everyone for the support y'all have given us so far, and, and it means the world Patrons to us. Patrons are amazing. Um, You're keeping us afloat. It is fantastic, and, and we're excited about what the future of this podcast can, can look like. Next week, part three, the week after, part Finale. four, which we've got, a, we've got a special guest for that, which is awesome. Um, so don't miss that. But until For next sure. time, I'm Sunshine Mayfield. And this has been. And this has been Bending Not Breaking. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.